Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Episode 7 of the CRW Hoops Podcast as we continue to try and cover the 2022-2023 West Virginia men's basketball season that now, at the time of this recording, sees West Virginia sitting at 13-8 and overall and 2-6 and in the Big 12. Thus far this season, the Mountaineers have put a trio of games in the book since the last time I've had a chance to record an episode here. So we'll get into brief reviews of those three games and then talk about the upcoming game against TCU as West Virginia will continue to try and stay on the winning track that they are currently on that have allowed them to get a couple wins this past week. Let's talk about some of those games here on Episode 7 of the CRW Hoops Podcast. All right, so West Virginia's played three games since our last episode here on CRW Hoops. One of those was against Texas. Ultimately, West Virginia lost that one 69 to 61. Didn't want to get into an in-depth review of that one. It's just been so long away now, and I thought I could really summarize it up with two major things for West Virginia that really hurt them in that game, and those being turnovers. West Virginia had 20 turnovers in that game, as well as free throws. West Virginia didn't shoot bad from the line in that game. They were 13 of 18, but the misses that they had were very crucial down the stretch against Texas, a team that they had a chance to win. They played great in that game, and if you look at it statistically in that matchup, a lot of the stats actually favored West Virginia team stats-wise, and percentages, things like that. But ultimately, in the end, the turnovers and the missed free throws in critical situations is what hurt West Virginia against Texas, especially free throws. So West Virginia unfortunately lost to the Longhorns 69-61. to Following that, though, West Virginia had a chance to go on the road and get their first Big 12 road win in over 700 calendar days. It had been a long time since West Virginia had been able to win a Big 12 conference road game. They were going down to Lubbock to try and do it again. Ultimately, as you can see here, if you're watching on the video side, the Mountaineers come out on the winning side of things, 76-61 to to indeed finally secure a conference road win. However, if you watch the game, you know it was a little bit dicey, especially early on in the first half. I know within the first four to five minutes of the game, I was thinking, oh, man, this team may have packed it in. They may, you know, be done and already given up and not win another game this season. That was almost the vibe you got at the start of this game against Texas Tech. However, Coach Huggins makes a complete lineup change, subbing out five for five, bringing in five guys off the bench, and they really provided the spark for West Virginia in this game against Texas Tech. That ultimately led West Virginia to get a lead at halftime and then really extend that late in the second half to come away with a 15-point conference road win. 
big victory for West Virginia in a must-win situation. They get it over the Red Raiders 76-61. to At that time, their 12th win of the season to give them their current conference record that they now have at 2-6 and six in the Big 12. So definite must-win in that game for West Virginia, as a lot of these down the stretch will be as we look for West Virginia to try and secure a spot in the NCAA tournament. They're going to need a few more wins here, but they've done a good job to get back on the right side of that bubble this week, I think, with some of the games that they've played. We'll talk more about the other one. Following this one against Texas Tech, but look at some of the team stats against the game against the Red Raiders. West Virginia only shot 37% from the field. Texas Tech, 38%. As we know, these are two teams that really kind of pride themselves on their defense. Texas Tech's really struggled to score the ball at times, though, this season. As we know, West Virginia has as well. West Virginia, 10 of 35 from three-point range. And I think ultimately that's one of the reasons they were able to secure this victory over Texas Tech. As bad as they shot from the field, as you can see, 37% from the field. 28% from the three-point line, not a good percentage, but they did hit 10 threes, and that helped them a lot in this game. As you can see, Texas Tech really struggled. Three of 20 from the three-point line themselves, only 15%. At the free-throw line, the West Virginia Mountaineers did a much better job in this game against Texas Tech, 80% from the line, as you can see there, and got to the line 35 times. So I think three balls and getting to the line is what helped West Virginia in this one. That's really ultimately the ways they were able to score was doing that as well as second chance points. I think when you look at the rebounding advantage, this is the game where we saw West Virginia really assert themselves on the offensive glass over Texas Tech. 19 offensive rebounds to Texas Tech's 11 and a 44 to 27 rebound advantage overall. So almost 20 rebounds on the offensive end for West Virginia. That's impressive and that's something that we've continued to see in the late games as West Virginia do a good job on the offensive glass and Hopefully that progresses because if we're going to see West Virginia have these scoring droughts that has been typical of them to do thus far throughout this season, then at least getting offensive boards and having a chance at you know multiple shots is going to help West Virginia because we know the recipe for them is to try and get more shots up than their opponent, get to the free throw line more than their opponent. So definitely the offensive glass can help them be able to do that. Looking at the rest of the numbers, turnovers again, West Virginia struggled in that area. As I said, they had 20 against Texas, followed that up with 19 against Texas Tech, so 39 turnovers in two games for West Virginia. And the issue here really, you know, I think Texas Tech, as I said, they do play good pressure defense, tight on ball defense. So, you know, that may have caused some of those here, but it just seems like a lot of these for West Virginia throughout the season as we've seen them have a kind of an epidemic when it comes to turnovers with this team in the 2022-2023 version of the Mountaineers. It seems like a lot of them are unforced errors, though, just sloppy passes, miscommunication, things like that that are leading to too many turnovers for West Virginia. It's been a theme that I've talked about throughout the podcast this season. If you've been listening here on the Country Roads webcast, is West Virginia needing to get that turnover number down? I think if they do, they have great chance to win games if they just take a do a better job taking care of the basketball. And uh, hopefully they'll continue to improve on that. But you know, as you can see here, 19 against Texas Tech. Like I said, 39 in two games between these two Texas schools, ultimately lost to the Longhorns. But fortunately, they were able to come out on the winning side against Texas Tech despite the 19 turnovers that they had in this one. And I think it's something that can be cleaned up because, like I said, a lot of them are unforced. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the individual numbers here in this game against the Red Raiders. As you can see, the West Virginia bench really the standout, as I mentioned, getting a lot of points from the bench. 22 from Joe Toussaint off the bench, one of his better games. 12 of 14 at the free throw line. I thought down the stretch he really did a great job attacking the rim and getting to the line for West Virginia and did a great job hitting on those attempts, as I said, 12 of 14 there. And then Seth Wilson also coming off the bench for West Virginia had his career high in scoring 5 of 12 from the field, 5 of 11 from three-point range, so 
five threes for Seth Wilson to give him his 15 points off the bench. Did a great job providing that spark there that West Virginia needed scoring-wise. As far as the West Virginia starters, as I said, one of their most lackluster performances of the season. Fortunately, the Mountaineer bench was able to pick them up and help West Virginia get the victory in this one. But as you can see from the numbers there, one point from Jimmy Bell. The good part about his performance, if you're going to point something out, is definitely the rebounding. I talked about West Virginia's offensive rebounds, and he was a big part of that. Six rebounds, all of them coming on the offensive glass, so I thought Jimmy Bell did do a good job on the rebounding side. Trey Mitchell got into foul trouble again, four personal fouls he ended up with, but also probably the most we've seen him struggle as a Mountaineer to this point as well. Only three points and three rebounds. Emmett Matthews, two points and one rebound. I think Emmett really hasn't been the same since that knee injury that he suffered earlier in the season. Hopefully he continues to get closer to 100% because West Virginia is going to need him down the stretch of this season. Eric Stevenson did end up with 16 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. So a pretty good stat line for Eric Stevenson. That was his first career double-double, actually. A lot of those coming from the free throw line, though, as you can see, 9 of 11 from that free throw stripe. From the field, he was actually 3 of 12 and 1 of 7 from three-point range. So, you know, he had struggled ever since that Oklahoma State game. We knew those were well-documented, and we were waiting for the tide to turn on that. So that's why I hadn't been too hard on Eric. I knew that he was going to come back the other way, and the tide was going to turn at some point. More on that later, obviously, but in this game, he did end up with a good stat line with a double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds. I think he's a great rebounder for a guard. That's continued to show this season. Four assists for Eric, but also three turnovers, and that's kind of the good and the bad you get with Eric offensively is he can make some passes that are really impressive on some of those assists that he makes, and then other times he really tries to rifle it in there, and it just ends up an errant pass and one of those unforced turnovers that I was talking about. Kedrian Johnson, of course, after two great 20-plus point games, comes back to earth himself as well. Only four points in this one and one assist. Uh, but like I said, the West Virginia bench really picked them up. I mentioned Seth Wilson and Joe Toussaint's performance scoring-wise. Defensive-wise, this was definitely the breakout performance from James Aconquo coming off the bench. We know he had two blocks, one of them very impressive block and a dunk attempt from the Texas Tech player where he actually just took the ball from him, just straight up took it. And he also added 10 rebounds, three on the offensive glass, seven on the defensive side. I think he's becoming a guy that's going to get more and more minutes as the season progresses or just seeing the tip of the iceberg of what he could potentially be. I think he could be a good rim protector for West Virginia and also is doing a great job on the glass. And that's why he's getting more of the backup big minutes now than Mo Wagi. But great performance from James Aconquo. Definitely got to shout him out in this game against Texas Tech. Five points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks. And then Waggy also coming off the bench, did get four points and one rebound himself. Josiah Harris, we saw get some play in time, and he did make a jumper in the first half. Like I said, he was part of that wholesale substitution hugs made to start the game that really provided the spark for West Virginia in this one. And he hit a jumper. I believe it may have been the first jumper of the game, if I'm not mistaken. But he finished with two points of his own and played seven minutes in this game. So good to see him get some action as well. Uh, moving forward, I hopefully West Virginia can continue to you know, get these performances from the bench, but the starters perform well as well. And I think the one thing that we want to see from West Virginia that we haven't really got to see up to this point in the season is them play a complete game. We've seen them struggle in the first half and then come out and have strong second halves and vice versa. But I think ultimately when you get a 15-point conference road win, you can't really complain too much, especially with how much West Virginia has struggled on the road in Big 12 play in recent years. So West Virginia, you know, seeking a few wins to get that NCAA tournament berth, you know, they probably need 17 or 18 wins on the season. Get their 12th against Texas Tech, get another conference win, and like I said, that what had been an elusive road win in conference as well. So that's big, and you can't complain too much. 76-61 to 61 victory over Texas Tech. And then the Mountaineers come back home 
to the Coliseum for the Big 12 SEC Challenge where they took on the Auburn Tigers. We know Charles Barkley was in town for the Bob Huggins Fish Fry the night before, also was at the game. The ESPN broadcast interviewed him a little bit there as well. He was very complimentary of West Virginia Mountaineer Nation and some of the Mountaineer players. Let's take a look at this game here now for a final game review before we look ahead to what's coming up for West Virginia this season as they continue to finish out the 2022-2023 campaign. All right, so the most recent contest for West Virginia, as we know, and you can see here on the screen if you're watching on the YouTube side of things for this episode of the CRW Hoops podcast. But just want to take a second and say appreciate you guys tuning in. Whatever version of this episode you're tuning into, whether it be the audio or the video version, you can find the video version on our YouTube channel as well as the WV Sports Now YouTube channel as we are a part of the Sports Now family of networks there. And you can find our show and a lot of great West Virginia content on the web at wvsportsnow.com. But if you're tuning into either either one of those video versions do us a favor while you're in here hit that thumbs up button give us a like really helps this video's performance which in turn helps future videos performances here on the channel as well and if you're a west virginia fan and you haven't already be sure and hit the subscribe button helps us helps you helps get more of this mountaineer sports content out to mountaineer nation and if you're tuned in on the audio side which you can find on any podcast platform you like apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify you name it if you're there on apple leave us a rating that helps but if you're on any other platforms be sure and share us around with other Mountaineer fans you may know as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. But having said that, if you are viewing that video version, you can see on the screen here the final score of the most recent West Virginia basketball game. Obviously, West Virginia coming out on top of the Auburn Tigers as part of the SEC and Big 12 Challenge with an 80-77 to victory over the then 15th ranked Auburn Tigers as well. So West Virginia's got another uh, top 15 win here in the past two weeks. They beat two top 15 teams now. As we know, they beat TCU, who was top 15 at the time of them playing that game as well. West Virginia is going to face TCU here shortly. We'll talk about that coming up. But West Virginia managing to beat the Auburn Tigers here with Charles Barkley in town in Morgantown. Like I said, he was very complimentary of West Virginia's game. And I thought West Virginia really came out and started fast in this one, something they haven't done recently. And they really looked like they were on the way to maybe a solid victory and winning this one handedly with a 45 to 29 advantage over Auburn at halftime, you know, 16 point advantage there. But as I stated earlier in the podcast, West Virginia has continued this season, unfortunately, to have a trend of if they play really good in the first half, it's not so much in the second and vice versa. And unfortunately, that reared its ugly head here yet again, as in the second half, Auburn really managed to get right back into this game, outscoring West Virginia by 13 points in the second half, really making it a game there down the stretch. But the one good thing I will say about West Virginia is they continue to show how good of a resolve they have, how resilient this team, I think, can be. Few times Auburn cut it to one, and West Virginia was able to extend that lead back out to four. A lot of times with an Eric Stevenson three pointer, as was the story in this game. I mentioned earlier in this episode the kind of drought that he was in, and I was waiting for it to come back and swing back the other way. And this is the game where we finally saw that. Talk more about that when we talk about the individual numbers of this contest, of course. But it was definitely his standout performance as a Mountaineer, and maybe the most standout performance of his college basketball career. But I hope it's something that continues to just get the ball rolling for him and really just continues to roll into an awesome end of the season because West Virginia is going to need that moving forward as they really seek a few more wins here as we talk about that NCAA tournament berth and them still being on the bubble as of now. But looking at some of the team stats in this win over Auburn, uh, West Virginia shot a lot better from the floor in this one, 46%, 45% from three-point range, nearly 50%, 9 of 20. Excellent job 
from the Mountaineers shooting the three ball. And I think that we are continuing to see that surprisingly for a Bob Huggins team, maybe that the three point ball is really a weapon for this West Virginia team. This incarnation of the Mountaineers, I think can thrive on hitting the three ball. My only worry is that sometimes I think they fall too much in love with it. We saw the game prior to this, them shoot 35 threes against the red Raiders. I think that was more to kind of attest to how Texas Tech was playing defense, and that was really the only thing that they were able to get up. Texas Tech was not letting anything get inside. So hopefully it's not something West Virginia continues to do is fall in love with the three ball. But I think West Virginia does have some shooters on this team, and I think West Virginia is a team that needs to get more shots than their opponent. And obviously we know a three-point bucket worth more than a two-point shot. So if West Virginia can make more threes than their opponent, that's going to help them as well. And in the past recent games, it's been a weapon for them. And this one, they hit nine threes a game after hitting 10. So 19 threes in the past two games. Good job by West Virginia there, 45% on this one, while holding Auburn to 31% from the the three-point line. Free throws obviously been a story for the Mountaineers throughout the season. We know that's been something that's been detrimental to them in these losses that they have suffered. But if you look here at this game against Auburn, West Virginia did an excellent, excellent job. 21 of 25, 84%, arguably one of the better performances from West Virginia at the line this season. But, you know, if you're going to nitpick, of course, some of the clutch ones down the stretch, West Virginia could have really used, I'm specifically thinking of the one from Keating Kedrian Johnson and one of the final possessions. And then Eric Stevenson missed, of course, the one that would have made it a four-point game there at the end of Auburn shot. Ultimately, wouldn't have mattered. However, West Virginia before that, I think, was almost 100%. So you can't really complain too much when you end up 21 to 25, shooting 84% from the line. West Virginia really, you know, did a good job on the glass again in this one. But Auburn's another team that's really good at rebounds as well. That was almost dead even. 31 to 30 advantage. It ultimately ends up for the Tigers out rebounding West Virginia on the offensive glass, nine to eight. That being the difference as both teams had 22 defensive rebounds, turnovers. Hats off to West Virginia in this one. Like I said, I was harping on it a little bit earlier. 39 turnovers in two games when they faced the two Texas schools prior to this game against the Longhorns and then the Red Raiders, respectively. West Virginia really did a better job against this Auburn team of taking care of the basketball. They only end up with 12 turnovers in this one. So I think that was a big reason they were able to jump out to that lead early as well. They were not only shooting the basketball well, but they were taking care of it. And so West Virginia jumped out to an early lead over Auburn that they were able to hold on to and secure the victory. Let's look at some of the individual performances that really stood out for West Virginia in this one. And specifically, there is one big one, of course. And that's the one we got to lead off talking about here, of course, with Eric Stevenson finally having his breakout game that we've all kind of been waiting on. We saw glimpses of it earlier in the season. He's had a couple 20-point games for West Virginia. But ever since that Oklahoma State game, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, he was really in a bit of a drought. And people were wondering if that had really messed with his psyche a little bit. I think if this game's any indication, he may be back moving forward. Let's hope so, because West Virginia has this version of Eric Stevenson. They're a really dangerous ball club. Just looking at his numbers, 31 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, kept himself out of foul trouble. I think it was a big factor that's underrated in this performance. Zero fouls for Eric Stevenson. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast throughout the season and in our post-game reaction shows that Eric Stevenson, you know, has had four or five fouls in almost every game. And I said, you know, if he could keep himself out of foul trouble, he could really be a weapon. This game, we saw everything kind of come together for Eric Stevenson. Kind of the perfect storm, if you will. No fouls for Eric Stevenson. As I said, the stat line, yet again, 31 points, six rebounds, three assists, 10 of 17 from the field, 7 of 10 from the three-point line, 4 of 5 from the free-throw line. Hats off to him. Was hot from the beginning and just kept going throughout. A couple of shots that were ridiculous. One with the shot clock expiring over two people and just cashed it out. It was 
There's a couple of them just so pure you could barely even see him go through the net. Excellent shooting from Eric Stevenson. Hopefully he's really turned the corner and will continue to be this go-to guy for West Virginia for the rest of the season because they're going to need it. It's going to be some more close contests, and they can use a player that helps them in clutch situations like Eric Stevenson did in this one for West Virginia. Excellent job. 70% from the three-point line, 7 of 10. That's smoking hot. That's very rare. You don't see that. I think I also saw a number that he's the first West Virginia player to have 31 points with making more than five threes since Deshaun Butler. I believe Deshaun Butler and Eric Stevenson were the only two players that have done that now in West Virginia basketball history. I believe that's the status all, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, though, awesome performance from Eric, and hopefully it's not an anomaly moving forward, and it just continues to be the norm, and he continues to have awesome games like this for West Virginia because they will need it. The unfortunate side is this is the second consecutive game. Some of the other starters for West Virginia didn't have their press performances, specifically Trey Mitchell. Um, he's been kind of the go-to guy for West Virginia for most of the season and, you know, arguably the most talented player on the team. Hopefully, you know, has seen him have back-to-back games in which he struggled just means he's due for a bounce-back game in this upcoming contest we're going to talk about against the Horned Frogs here in a minute. But four points three fouls, only one rebound, two assists. Not the best performance from Trey Mitchell, over one from three-point line, two of eight from the field. But like I said, hopefully due for a bounce back. Emmett Matthews, as I said, still worried about his health in this one as well. That The struggles kind of continued, six points, three rebounds, one assist. So hopefully he can continue to get more healthy, and I think his performances will continue to improve as well. Kedrian Johnson, bit of a mixed bag, got into foul trouble with four fouls, but did do a great job dishing the rock realm with six assists and only turning the ball over two times to go along with his seven points. The West Virginia bench not as impactful in this one. Uh, Seth Wilson only only played one minute in the game, you know, and I think a lot of that is just to attest to how hot Eric Stevenson was. You really couldn't take him out of this contest. He ended up playing 38 minutes. So nothing against Seth Wilson in this one. Um, it just stinks that coming off his career high, he only gets to play one minute in the next game. A Conquo, I think, was the standout performer for West Virginia off the bench for the second consecutive game. Four blocks in two games now for a Conquo. Second consecutive game with two blocks, four rebounds, six points, and four or five from the free throw line as well. 15 minutes for a Conquo. And as I said, I think those are going to continue to go up. He's kind of taken over as the backup big man. We saw Waggy play that earlier in the season. This one, he only gets seven minutes and scores two points. The other player off the bench that really stood out for West Virginia, of course, has been the standout off the bench all season, kind of West Virginia's sixth man, playing 23 minutes in this game. Of course, that's Joe Toussaint. Nine points, three rebounds, three assists. Just really solid, you know, as he has been for most of the season for West Virginia. Not the best job from the field in this one as he only shot two of nine and one of five from three-point range, but he did go four of four at the line. And like I said, he does what he needs to do coming off that bench for West Virginia. He's going to continue to be a big part of the plan moving forward. But ultimately, the best thing you can say about this is West Virginia – finish the job against a top 15 opponent. And this is a big resume win when it comes tournament time. Of West Virginia is on that bubble, like it appears they may be when that comes around. But West Virginia with an 80 to 77 win over Auburn in the most recent West Virginia basketball game. Now let's look ahead here, coming up against the TCU Horned Frogs here on Tuesday night. West Virginia is going to have a TCU team that's seeking some revenge on the Mountaineers after West Virginia was able to defeat them when they were ranked in the top 15, as well as TCU is one of the only Big 12 teams to lose in the Big 12 SEC Challenge and the Mountaineers having to go on the road in conference play. We know that's been a struggle for them 
for a lot of the time. But the one thing I can say is that West Virginia's last Big 12 road game was a win. So let's take a look ahead to the next Big 12 road game where West Virginia will try and duplicate that and preview this matchup with the Horned Frogs a little bit before we close out here on Episode 7 of the CRW Hoops Podcast. All right, so coming up next for the Mountaineers on the slate, Tuesday night with a late tip, 9 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. West Virginia is traveling to Fort Worth this time to take on the TCU Horned Frogs, now ranked number 15 in the nation. So West Virginia got a chance to get their third top 15 win of the season here in this one. TCU has been a good team this season, 16-5 and overall, 5-3 and in conference whereas West Virginia is now 13-8 and overall, 2-6 and six in conference. As I said, you know, recent games, of course, West Virginia won three out of their last five, so that's good. West Virginia kind of getting back to their winning ways that we saw earlier in the season, hopefully, and that hopefully that trend continues for the Mountaineers. TCU, as well, has won three out of their last five. One of the losses, of course, coming to the Mountaineers, unfortunately, and most recently losing to Mississippi State, and I think a surprising result to a lot of people in that Big 12 SEC Challenge that took place over the weekend, which ultimately saw them lose to Mississippi State 81-74 to in an overtime contest. TCU, I think one of the reasons that they lost that game was they saw Miles go down, who Miles has been talked about as being one of the better guards in the Big 12 and one of the better players in the country. So his status is well up in the up in question for this game against West Virginia. And I think that is a big piece of this game is his health and if he will be able to go or not for TCU. As you can see, looking at the individual standouts, he is the leading scorer for the Horned Frogs, one of the leading scorers in the Big 12 Conference, also leads them in assists, over 18 points a game, shooting over 53% from the field, and dishing the ball out three assists per game as well. How the team numbers match up is pretty even across the board for the most part. Uh, 77 points a game for West Virginia, 77.5 for TCU. West Virginia's given up 69, TCU's given up 65. Both teams shoot an identical 46% from the field. West Virginia averages 34 rebounds a game. TCU averages 37. TCU 16 assists a game to West Virginia's 13. TCU does average five blocks a game compared to only West Virginia's three. TCU at nine steals a game compared to West Virginia's seven. As I said, the most recent games, TCU currently lost their last one. West Virginia has won their past two. So to quote Major League, we've won two in a row. We win one more. That's called a winning streak. <laughs> Hopefully West Virginia is able to do it here, but they're going to have their hands full, not only with a strong TCU team, particularly if Mike Miles is able to go. That's, of course, a big aspect of this. But as you can see, ESPN FBI, giving TCU a 73% chance to win and West Virginia only a 27% chance to win. In my mind, I think the revenge factor is going to come to play in this game. TCU obviously upset not only just coming off a loss to Mississippi State, they would probably be upset about that enough already. An unexpected loss, I think you could say, to Mississippi State in overtime. But I think the fact that West Virginia was able to upset them, you know, back on January 18th, so less than two weeks ago when they came to Morgantown, and that was one of the wins that really kind of, I think, got West Virginia rolling here. And they've had good performances since then, really. Uh, but I think that they're going to be hungry to avenge that loss, probably think that they're a better team than West Virginia. 
and they're coming in as a top 15 team again, and they're getting West Virginia on their home court this time. So I'm sure that TCU is going to come out motivated. West Virginia's got to brace themselves for a potential fast start by TCU, be able to handle that and show that resiliency again and be able to come back and fight their way back in the game potentially if that does happen because I think TCU is going to be hungry in this one. Individual standouts for West Virginia, Eric Stevenson, still the team's leading scorer, 14 points a game, shooting 45% from the field. Kedrian Johnson leading the team in assists with over three a game. And Jimmy Bell leading the team in rebounds with over six a game, including three a game on the offensive end. West Virginia, as I said, doing a great job on the offensive glass. Going to need that against TCU. Going to need to limit the turnovers, something they did a great job of in this recent win against Auburn. Hopefully that becomes a trend for West Virginia. Free throw shooting going to be a factor. Has been for West Virginia all season. That's why it's been such a topic of discussion. But West Virginia, I think, has done a good job at focusing on things that they haven't been good at and improving them, it seems like, anyway. Rebounding, we thought, was an issue. They've really improved that a lot. Free throw shooting's been very good in recent games as well. Hopefully, West Virginia is able to carry out some of this momentum that they have coming off of two straight wins and know the type of fight that they're going to get from this TCU team that is going to be revenge-minded. And hopefully, West Virginia comes into this game ready to go as well. But I think this is going to be a tough contest. And as far as my prediction goes here, I know I've been very optimistic and trying to continue to be that throughout the season, but I think for the first time in a while, I'm going to predict a loss here for West Virginia. This is saying if Mike Miles is playing, I think that potentially that's up in the air. I don't know. I haven't heard one way or the other on that. If Mike Miles is playing, I think TCU ultimately wins this game. If he's not, I like West Virginia's chances a lot better, but I think it's still going to be a tough one to win for West Virginia just because of the factors that I mentioned earlier. TCU not only coming off a loss, they're probably mad about, but they probably had this game against West Virginia circled on their calendar ever since they lost to the Mountaineers in Morgantown. So ultimately, I think TCU wins in a rather close one, probably like a five to seven point win for TCU. I'll say if Mike Miles plays. If Mike Miles doesn't play, maybe a two point win for TCU, and it could go either way. A little bit more up in the air than if Mike Miles doesn't give it a go for the Horned Frogs. But ultimately, it's a tough one for West Virginia. Let's take a look here at the Mountaineers' remaining schedule here. As you can see, West Virginia has home contests against Oklahoma and Iowa State, then go on the road, play Texas and Baylor, come back home, two more home contests against Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, on the road again, two more currently ranked opponents in Kansas and Iowa State, and finish the season up at home, the regular season anyways, with the taking on the Big 12's current top team in the Kansas State Wildcats back at the Coliseum on March 4th as the final game of the season. So including the upcoming game against TCU, that will be 10 games left on the slate for West Virginia. They have 13 wins on the season. Got to win probably... I don't know if you got to win half of those. I think 17 wins, and then maybe if you get a win in the Big 12 tournament, would potentially get you into the NCAA tournament. But I think if you want to secure your spot, 18 wins will certainly do it. So five more wins are needed for West Virginia out of the final 10 games here if they want to be right there and have a shot to secure an NCAA berth. Four probably puts them on the bubble. So 10 games remaining. West Virginia needs to win close to half of them if you're – thinking about NCAA tournament berth here, and I'm sure that's on our minds, and we'd love to see West Virginia in the big dance. So I'm looking at this. The home games, I think West Virginia needs to focus on those. I don't know if you'll be able to win all four of those. Iowa State's pretty tough, top 15-ranked team. The other three teams are unranked, so hopefully you'll maybe be able to win those at least. But if you can win all four of your home games, still one of these road games in conference, you got a great chance of making this tournament. So 
if you're looking at what's ahead for West Virginia, that's just kind of what my thinking is on the situation as it stands currently for West Virginia. But if you can go steal one on the road right now coming up this week on a Tuesday night late contest at Fort Worth against TCU, you got to do that if you got the opportunity because West Virginia is going to need to steal at least one of these Big 12 Conference road wins. So why not go ahead and do it, get it out of the way now, and uh, continue this current bit of a role that you're on right now as you've won two straight. Hopefully West Virginia is able to make it three straight. We'll see what happens Tuesday night against the Horned Frogs. So I guess that will be a wrap here on episode seven of the CRW Hoops podcast as we continue to try and cover the 2022-2023 West Virginia men's basketball season, which as I said, at the time of this recording, currently sees the West Virginia Mountaineers at 13 and 8 overall and 2 and 6 in the Big 12 conference, continuing to try and battle their way back onto the winning side of things and hopefully ultimately secure an NCAA tournament berth at the end of this season. We'll be here to cover it along the way. TCU Horned Frogs up next, then the Oklahoma Sooners after that. We'll be back to preview that game here on the future next episode of the CRW Hoops podcast, which will be episode eight. Until then, I can say this is a wrap on episode seven. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.